Hello and welcome to The Butt Show. Sell high and buy butt low. I'm Daniel Butt, and on this episode I'm going to tell you what I know about microwaves. I haven't done any research. As always, I'm talking out of my butt. Okay. War is a terrible, terrible thing. We all agree on this. Sometimes things are invented out of necessity during wartime that end up having a positive benefit for humanity, but I will say again that even the sum total of all these good things does nothing to offset the horrors of war. Anyway, the microwave is one of those things invented during wartime that has become everyday and commonplace around the world. During World War II, the United States rationed all kinds of things. Raw materials like steel, cloth, and wood were rationed away from civilian use and directed towards the war effort, and the same happened to certain foodstuffs, so we could send enough meals to the troops on the front lines. All these foods were prepared domestically, sealed airtight in tin cans, and flown overseas. The soldiers would eat them and not really complain, though they would secretly wish that the food could be heated evenly to make the meals seem more home-cooked. Throwing the tin cans over a fire before eating them didn't really cut it. At the same time, back at home, Robert Oppenheimer was hard at work on the Manhattan Project, a top-secret operation to develop a weapon that would give the United States and its allies an advantage in the war. Eventually, the Manhattan Project would turn out the nuclear bomb, but there were some false starts along the way. Oppenheimer was a big Star Wars fan and started the project trying to emulate the laser guns used heavily in those movies. The lasers caused starships to explode on contact and also killed stormtroopers wearing heavy armor without ever showing any blood. Oppenheimer worked on all kinds of lasers, altering the color and wavelength of the laser beams in search of an optimal laser to be used in a gun. Most of his work ended up as presentation pointers and cat toys, which are still in use today. His final attempt at a laser gun was shortening the wavelengths of the laser beams until they were so small they cast no colored light at all. The wavelengths were so small that the beams couldn't actually fire as distinct laser bolts like in Star Wars and instead had to be fired in continuous beams, otherwise they fell apart. In early tests on pig corpses, this final laser variant showed promise. Keeping a steady stream of these tiny laser waves aimed at the pig heated its core temperature significantly, probably enough to kill it if it hadn't already been dead. By now you have likely figured out that Oppenheimer had invented the microwave, so named for the tiny wavelengths of the laser beam. Unfortunately, the microwave wasn't suitable for battle. The waves were so tiny that they had to be fired out of a microscopic opening at the end of the laser gun in order to stay focused on a target. Otherwise, they would scatter out like a cone and affect everything in front of the soldier. Second, even if the laser gun had a small enough opening to focus the microwave lasers, they had to be continuously fired at a target for a couple minutes in order to start doing damage. And this was all but impossible for moving targets. So Oppenheimer shelved all of his work and started thinking about big old bombs instead. And that's when Orville Redenbacher, one of Robert Oppenheimer's colleagues, stole an unfinished microwave gun and took it back to his house. Redenbacher put it inside a steel cage and didn't worry about using a microscopic opening for the beams, and the resulting effect was microwave lasers going into a steel box, bouncing off the interior walls in all directions. The temperature of the inside of the box reached a thousand degrees! And because of the food and materials rationing, 
Orville didn't have much laying around the house for him to test his improved microwave on, except ears of corn. Corn always has and always will be in utter abundance in the United States, thanks to government subsidies. So Orville Redenbacher put an ear of corn into his new steel microwave box, and it of course turned into popcorn. While a delicious discovery, it still had no practical applications for the battlefield. In a best-case scenario, one would hope to trick an enemy soldier into locking himself into a large steel microwave and then turn him into popcorn, but this would never happen in the real world. Oppenheimer and Redenbacher waited until the war was over to license their microwave technology to household appliance makers. And then it took off. Product designers realized the microwaves work by agitating the water molecules inside food, so any cold food with a little water content could be heated up to its original temperature much faster in a microwave than in an oven. This is why dry, crusty pizza always tastes worse coming out of the microwave. You have to sprinkle a little water on it first. And that's all I know about microwaves. This episode has been brought to you by Mail Waiting. Do you love reading magazines but worry about all the paper they waste? Uh Well, Mail Waiting is here to solve that problem. It's like Netflix for magazines, but not the streaming part of Netflix, the DVD by mail part. Wait, what? Now, you may be saying to yourself, I already get magazines by mail. Yeah. The difference with mail waiting is that each magazine comes with an envelope for you to send it back when you're done so someone else can read it. Add your favorite issues to your queue so you can go back and relive that Newsweek cover story about Ross Perot or that Sports Illustrated article about the 1988 NBA draft. Many thanks to Mail Waiting for sponsoring The Butt Show. All right, that wraps up this episode. To submit a topic for a future episode or to listen to previous episodes, go to thebuttshow.com. Take care, everyone.